0: Hi everyone, uh, Hi everyone! welcome to ELI, the place where you get your daily dose of inspiration for entrepreneurship. And today we have with us uh, Mr. Ritesh Reddy, uh, who is the co-founder at uh, Zluri, uh, helping companies uh, manage their SaaS subscription. Uh, Ritesh is a graduate of SP Jain School of uh, Global Management and has worked for companies such as uh, Tata Consultancy Services and nullscape before starting his own venture in uh, 2020. Uh, hi, Ritesh, welcome to ELI. Hey, thank you, Priya. Uh, great to be part of this uh, podcast. Thanks for inviting me. Uh, Ritesh, I would uh, request uh, you to introduce yourself to our audience, please. Uh, sure, uh, Priya. Thanks for the w- wonderful introduction. So uh, just,
1: it will be a recap of what you just mentioned. Uh, but quickly, uh, uh, guys, my name is uh, Ritesh. Uh, so uh, I'm the co-founder of uh, Sluri. So I've been in the startup space for the last uh, 10-15 years, I would say. So I started, uh, this is my third uh, startup uh, in in terms of uh, directly being involved as part of the founding team or being a co-founder. This is my third startup. So the first uh, startup that I uh, started was into uh, photography, which was called 35 So which was a marketplace for photographers. So that's what I started uh, way back uh, in um, I think 2010, I would say, at, uh, at around 2010 timeframe. Uh, the second one, I was part of the founding team at uh, uh, a tech company called uh, nullscape So been with the company for uh, close to nine years, uh, Built the company across uh, different markets, uh, uh, expanded the company across Asia Pacific, eight different countries, and then I was, uh, briefly in the u.s uh, building the u.s business for them as well so that was my last work experience uh, and uh, we started uh, literally six months back uh, with the mission to simplify the world's adoption to SaaS. so sas is a big theme today so uh, every company is adopting SaaS solutions today and the sas software is becoming uh, oblivious right so uh, we are on a mission to make that simple for companies to manage to track their subscriptions, so that's what we do at Slurry. So, that's a quick background about me in terms of uh, education. So, I graduated from VIT Velo, did my engineering there, post that. I worked for a couple of years and then did my
0: uh, MBA from SPJ. Okay, so
1: that's a bit about
0: me, Priyan. interesting. Um. Ritish, tell us more about uh, the industry you are operating in, uh, SaaS industry. What is it and how it is evolving, uh, especially in the Indian context?
1: Uh, SaaS, as uh, most of you would know, uh, is a software as a service, right? So uh, earlier we used to companies, I still remember uh, back in my childhood days, I used to go purchase a Windows uh, license, right? So there were Windows 7, Windows 8, Windows 9, Uh, different versions coming out, uh, uh, some numbers are in there, but uh, essentially the point is uh, these versions used to come out and I used to go in and purchase CDs. And these were pretty expensive, right? So uh, I still remember uh, it was around 20, 25,000 rupees just for the license, whereas the entire uh, uh, computer, uh, assembled computer PC used to cost us 50,000 rupees around around, uh, that price point, whereas the software itself was 25,000 rupees. And my dad, who's an engineer, a civil engineer, he used to look out for AutoCAD, right? So, and all of us had the experience of uh, purchasing the cracked CDs that we used to get in the market, which were like 100 rupees you pay, and but it's a pirated software. So that's what it used to be. So uh, today, if you look at it, the entire purchasing of software is democratized, right? So you don't need to pay a, such an expensive price, but what you do is pay on an ongoing basis. Monthly, if you want to buy Photoshop, it's around 1,000 rupees or 800 rupees around that price point. And you purchase it on a monthly basis. So SaaS has become uh, easy to consume and it has also democratized the way companies can be built. Earlier, if someone had to purchase Windows licenses, uh, Photoshop licenses, Figma licenses and start building companies, they wouldn't be able to do it because the amount of capital that is required uh, is enormous. But today with... uh, SaaS coming in, any and every company is able to get their hands on to some of the most powerful tools in the world and quickly and rapidly build companies, right? So it's driving innovation. So I think SaaS is here to stay because the power it carries with respect to empowering people and also the simplified model in which people can consume, right? So, and a lot of research points saying that SaaS as an industry by 2030, every software that is consumed in an organization is going to be consumed in a SaaS format. Today, the penetration is at 30% of SaaS tools in organizations. So rest of the 70% uh, of softwares is still on-premise softwares uh, where there are servers set up and then people consume from that, uh, or they are still purchasing it as a on-desktop a software. But by 2030, everything is going to be uh, a SaaS-based uh, software that will exist in an organization. And uh, what we are seeing in India today is the evolution of SaaS tools ground up. So I think uh, early 2000s and 1900s and late 1900s, early 2000s, and until uh, 2010 or so, uh, India used to be known for being the uh, software services hub, right? So we have seen the evolution of uh, Companies like TCS, Wipro, Infosys, all these guys making a mark globally and setting up their presence globally. But if you look at the last few years, we are talking about new names, Uh, say take uh, Freshworks or uh, a bunch of companies which have acquired the unicorn status. A lot of them are in the SaaS space and number of SaaS companies that you see evolving in India today, it's exponential, right? Because uh, Mm -hmm. you can build it from anywhere and the uh, SaaS adoption is happening. And uh, I think uh, in the next couple of years, uh, we, we will see the likes of TCS uh, Infosys in the product space, which is the SaaS product space. So that's how uh, quickly uh, software SaaS as a uh, category is evolving in India uh, today. And uh, uh, yeah, so that's where it is up here.
0: Okay, Ritish, I'm, I'm very curious to understand more on, on the SaaS industry. Uh, SaaS uh, seems like an industry which is uh, rapidly growing and uh, very easy to uh, get into. Uh, having said that, uh, I'd uh, love to understand what are the uh, nitty gritties of starting a SaaS company, especially for those who are uh, listening to us and uh, want to build a SaaS company. What would be your advice to them? How do How do they start thinking about it?
1: Uh, I think, uh, that uh, so uh, starting, so from a a basics perspective, I would say uh, any startup uh, starts with, whether it's a SaaS company or any other company, right? I think the fundamental uh, point that needs to be identified is a pain point, right? So every uh, company starts from there. So what is the single biggest pain point that companies uh, face? Uh, that people face today, right? So if you are able to identify that pain point, then you will be able to uh, come up with a solution for for it. So identifying that pain point is going to be important. So now, if uh, I'll just take a couple of examples of my previous uh, companies that we started. Uh, First one was a marketplace for photographers. The pain point there was if I had to hire someone for uh, say my family function, I don't know whether the photographer specializes in that particular category. You see a lot of photographers taking passport size photographers. You can't have them uh, come in and do a wedding photography, right? So I want to see their pictures, their past work, and then take a call. The pain point there was discovering uh, the right photographer for the right need. So that's a pain point, right? So then you can build a business model around it, whether it's a SaaS or it's a services, whatever it is, right? So then the second, uh, uh, startup was uh, into edtech, so where uh, the entire problem statement was learning was dull and boring, right? So uh, you keep listening to the professor, but you're not sure how much do you understand in the real world. So the problem that we're trying to solve is make it hands on, make it experiential, just like pilots have a flight simulator, why can't we build simulators for learning? So the problem statement was, uh, how can we make learning more engaging? Today it's dull, how do we make it engaging? So in the current uh, startup, which is glory so the problem statement uh, here is, how can we make people manage their software subscription better? Because there are so many subscriptions, uh, it's very hard to manage, right? So how can we simplify that? So a problem statement is very important for any startup. Now, if you look at SaaS uh, as a, uh, a category, uh, there is additional uh, parameters that you need to look at. So because uh, if you fundamentally understand the business model of SaaS, uh, it's a subscription model, right? What it means is companies, uh, your customers will start paying you on a monthly basis or an yearly basis. So they will pay you as long as they are facing a problem. So from that lens, if you look at it, so the problem has to be recurring, right? So that's when you can build a SaaS model around it, right? So today, if you look at, uh, say, Uh, There is uh, uh, just taking an example of uh, a printout, right? So I'm just taking a crude example. You need to get a printout, right? So uh, you go to a shop and get it done. Randomly, then you get it. But if there is a recurring need, then you start instead of uh, charging them for say one piece of paper, You charge saying monthly, I'll charge you X dollars. You can, uh, I'll give you five printouts or 10 printouts. You can can create a category around it, right? And then you can start uh, creating a business around it. So the problem to the customer has to be recurring. Once you identify a problem, it has to be recurring. So that's when you'll be able to build a software as a service business. You need to keep servicing the customer through the product that you have on an ongoing basis. So that's the second thing that you need to be mindful of when you are creating a subscription business. So a lot of times we see people uh, creating a subscription-based model, uh, but uh, the problem itself will, is not really recurring. So, and you see companies ending up uh, not paying for the services that they consume. They, you get one month, two month, three month, they subscribe for your service. Once the problem is solved, you'll see the churn of customers. So they, they will go away. Again, you need to go back uh, to finding new customers, right? So the whole beauty of uh, the SaaS business is that the revenues that you keep getting is recurring, recurring. So the one thing which you need to manage is a churn. So as long as the problem that you are solving is recurring for the customer, so you should be able to uh, have the customer on with you for a longer time than uh, a traditional business, right? So those are the two critical aspects that you would need to look at when you are uh, really thinking about uh, ideating about a SaaS business. So as I would call it, so we are talking about the ideation phase at this point of time. Okay. So those are the two things uh, that someone need to look at when they're really thinking about SaaS uh, business.
0: Yeah, So, uh, Rittis, uh I'm uh, also interested to understand uh, uh, what is the logic behind the name. I, I found it very interesting, the name Zuluri. Uh, I'm sorry, Zluri. Uh ha- How did you come up with the name and uh, what is the thinking behind it?
1: Okay, unfortunately, there is no deep meaning out there, uh, Priya. So, what we are looking for was something which was five characters. So, that's what uh, we, we are looking for. And whatever... Uh, uh brain that we put into to come in come up with very fancy names very meaningful names we were uh unfortunately we weren't able to find a domain available for those names then we said uh, we did a back work and said what are the domains which are available okay. uh, which look uh which w- w- sounds global which sounds uh, uh, a little futuristic and stuff so based on that we shortlisted a couple of them and within that we finalized on uh, Zluri. so honestly uh, there is no backstory to it or a meaning to it.
0: Okay. Um, since you have started very recently on this venture, uh, let me ask you about your vision statement or what is the ultimate uh, thing you want to build out of uh, this venture?
1: So uh, the ultimate uh, vision for us, uh, so while we are currently focusing on managing SaaS and then managing software licenses, so, or optimizing, uh, helping companies optimize their SaaS pins, The ultimate uh, objective for us is to become the single source of truth uh, for IT teams, right? So, today, if you look at uh, any other function, say, for example, HRMS, uh, HR teams, right? So, their single source of truth is a HRMS system.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, so, if they want to know how many employees are there in an organization, what is their salary, how many leaves are pending for them, so all those details, the HRMS system has it. That's where people can, will go in and that's the single source of truth. There might be multiple other systems, but uh, the most reliable and the only source of truth, for so them is the HRMS system. Mm-hmm. So similarly if you look at uh, other functions as well, uh, finance, you have a financial management system, uh, there are QuickBooks and other platforms which are out there. So where you'll be able to know what is the revenue uh, outstanding, how much invoicing has been done this month. So all the financial aid that's the single source of truth but if you look at the it teams right today uh, what is the tech stack that you are using how many softwares do you have who is assigned with uh, software so are how many subscriptions uh, are we actively using how many are we not using so today companies don't have the single source of truth for it so right so that's what uh, we ultimately want to be the single source of truth for it To a certain extent, there are players like ServiceNow and others who does it for the enterprise segment, but our focus is on the mid-market. So that's where we want to be the single source of truth for IT, uh, helping them uh, manage uh, their software subscriptions and also the workflows that happen between subscriptions and be the single source of truth for all data that is flowing between across uh, the IT teams and uh, other teams as well and their customer uh,
0: functions. Okay. Uh, so uh, two major challenges that are faced uh, uh, in the initial days uh, of any venture are uh, recruitment and uh, funding how are you managing uh, these two puzzles right now sure
1: so i think uh, recruitment definitely yes uh, so i think uh, uh, especially so in the saas space because uh, if you want to if you are just looking at talent from a technology perspective i think uh, we we have a lot of talent, but getting the top talent is uh, difficult. And at the same time, from a domain perspective, SaaS is uh, pretty uh, new in India. So the amount of talent that you'll have for SaaS across various functions, uh, because right from marketing to sales, the way you sell these products and the way uh, you market these products is little different compared to traditional uh, software selling, right? So there is, uh, I would say, shortage of talent to begin with uh, in this uh, particular space. Uh, so definitely, uh, recruitment is a bigger, uh, big uh, challenge. I would say so. Few things uh, uh, th- th- that we, we we've been uh, trying to do, uh, right? So one is, uh, at least to an extent, it was little uh, easier compared to someone who's starting a first time because uh, we had a relationship with a lot of people that we have worked in our past work experience, right? So people who believe in your vision, people who believe in your mission. Uh, come along with you. So you, you just need to lay out the right vision and mission, right? So a lot of times you want to get talent, you uh, just think of the dollar you need to spend. Then uh, it doesn't uh, get in the right talent sometimes. But when you bring in your vision and mission and communicate that effectively, I think even uh, talent that is unaffordable for you becomes affordable because they come on board because of vision and mission. And a lot of people that we are seeing today uh, are excited to on get on board onto startups right so they want to get into right startup do something different uh, uh find a meaning purpose in life do something remarkable get their mark on the product so that's what they're trying to do i think finding them is going to be one of the critical part and once you find them uh the early adopters of your uh, from a, a buying into your vision and mission and then Uh, bringing them on board uh, by communicating that effectively is going to be important. So that's what we've been able to do because that's where we created a longer vision, identified what is the bigger problem that we are trying to solve. First step is to look into the networks that we have uh, and the people that we know. So that's the first source that we reached out to. The second source that uh, we try to tap into is our uh, alma mater. So, wherein uh, each of the three founders coming from different uh, uh, co-founders coming from different institution, BITS Pilani, uh, VIT, uh, SP Jain. So, I think we have a strong uh, alumni base as well. So, again, uh, th- there is that connect, right? So, that connect helps you to at least give you a channel to communicate your vision and mission for the organization. So, those are the primary channels that we tapped into to recruit the initial uh, pool of talent and post that i think once you get that initial pool uh, i think the next phase of hiring is going to be based on the traction that you are able to generate the more uh, proof that you sh- show for what you are doing uh, the more success stories that you show the more positive you news know, the more client acquisitions that you do i think that will all uh, bring in that talent so what you need to do uh, to tap into that talent is to uh, communicate your success stories effectively so right so you are building traction you are doing various fantastic great technology just communicated right so that brings in you the talent which is beyond your circle so right now the first step is to tap into your second level connections through alma mater second level connections through the past work that you have done uh, maybe uh, your uh, friends from college right who are tech savvy who are uh, business development savvy you identify the right people and get them from the second level connections Uh, but uh, over a period of time, you'll you'll dry up uh, with that pool. So the next level will be based on the traction that you are going to build. Uh, So that's on the hiring part. Uh, Funding part, uh, I I, I would say that... uh, uh, at least on that front, uh, we, we are uh, fortunate enough uh, because uh, all three of us had uh, good track record in terms of building companies in the past. So with that, uh, it is it has been easier for us to reach out to uh, get a quorum with at least the investors, right? The second step is, uh, how are you thinking about the business? How are you planning? How are you driving traction? So from that perspective, that was a simpler exercise for us, I would say, compared to hiring talent at this point of time.
0: Okay. Uh, how, how do investors uh, uh, approach a SaaS company? Uh, do they do they favor SaaS companies uh, ag- against other companies, or uh, how is it?
1: I think today uh, SaaS is uh, pretty hot. I would say uh, from an in, uh, investment perspective, SaaS is the hottest uh, space uh, right now. Mm-hmm. So most of the companies that you see getting listed in the U.S. Uh, uh, with uh, huge valuations are uh, SaaS companies today. Mm-hmm. So most of the top tier VCs are act, uh, actively looking for uh, SaaS companies today. So there is a huge uh, uh, deal inflow or uh, deal money that is lying around uh, for uh, SaaS, uh, at least as, as, of, as of today. I'm sure uh, this trend will continue at least for the next uh, year or so,
0: mm-hmm.
1: maybe, uh, but uh, there is a huge demand uh, for SaaS at this point of time.
0: Okay. Uh, what are the challenges and uh, failures you have gone through so far as an entrepreneur, uh, be it in this venture or be it in, in any other venture? I think
1: uh, I, I while I have co-founded uh, three uh, or part been part of the uh, for founding team or been a co-founder in three startups, uh, I think... Uh, prior to that, there are many other companies that we wanted to start and then we didn't even take off, right? I think uh, there are uh, multiple uh, challenges that you faced. I think one of the first things is, I think uh, whenever you are picking the, if you're doing it alone, it's great. Uh, But if you are getting along with a co-founder, one thing is you need to have the common vision, right? So, and also when you talk about vision, it's not just about the product, but what each of the founders want to do personally say, at least in a medium term, one year, two years, three years, four years, right? So you need to have that clarity. You can't have a, a start a company with a co-founder, uh, one who is thinking about going to US for his masters and other wanting to build this product, right? So it, it, it will not go anywhere. So there has to be a broad alignment uh, with co-founders uh, uh, at le- who at least believe and align with you on your uh, medium term uh, vision or time frame, right? So there has to be certain timeframes that have to be set. So in the earlier companies that we were trying to start right out of campus uh, uh, after our engineering, so that alignment was missing because of which we weren't able to take off with a few ventures. I would say that's the first uh, lesson that I had learned uh, from uh, uh, starting up perspective. So have an alignment with your co-founder in terms of the medium term vision and uh, both of them need to, or three of them, four of them, how many ever co-founders it is, have to strongly believe in the vision that is being laid out uh, for the company. And I think that's the first step. So post that, I think there'll be a bunch of uh, challenges that you will face. uh, Startups, so your roles are not really clearly defined, right? So if you are getting into uh, that role, so be prepared for uh, getting into diverse uh activities so it may not be a core domain uh, but uh, except for uh, sweeping the floors so you should be ready to uh <laughs> maybe that is also required sometimes but uh, you should be ready to do any work that uh, generates uh, revenue for you right so you need to get into that uh sort of a mindset you can't say that hey i take care of marketing i take care of products so this is the scope that i have because uh, you, you're you're not uh just a marketing person but you're the co-founder so your ultimate objective is to create value for the organization or value for uh, the people who are involved uh, in this particular company so that that's the second uh, uh, advice that i'd say have an open mindset when you are uh, uh, when you are running companies uh, when you are a building company so don't uh, bucket yourself saying this is what my expertise is a lot of times we see people starting up companies and saying uh, hey, VP for uh, XYZ, uh, so on and so forth. So designations, you can have all the fancy designations in the world, uh, but uh, if, you're, if, you were, if you start putting that in your mind and uh, ca- categorizing yourself into that part particular category, you are setting up yourself for failure. So don't categorize yourself. You are a journalist uh, uh, until you hit certain traction. So that's something uh, is a second uh, key takeaway for me. So you need to work across functions know things in and out for your product for your customers about your icps about how do you do it so and communicate that vision very clearly across uh, functions right the people who trust and believe in you in the early days uh, come on board just because of the vision so as you start executing it take advice communicate effectively uh, that's going to be very important otherwise you'll see people losing interest in your uh, vision uh, pretty soon So that communication is going to be very important as you uh, scale. That's the, I would say the second uh, most uh, important lesson that I had learned uh, in the early uh, stages of building. But at late stages, there are multiple other uh, challenges uh, that you face, certain playbooks that you use for certain markets will not work in other markets. So how do you uh, rework it? Uh, And uh, you'll start facing with respect to visas, so on and so forth, you want to build a new, Market, so you these are are a challenge, but those are late stage problems. But early stage, I would say these are the two major things that you would need to do uh, to build a very solid uh, foundation uh,
0: for scale. Okay, I just have uh, two more questions before we uh, wrap it up. Uh, Can you tell us what are the learnings or what are the lessons you have uh, learned as an entrepreneur which you can uh, which can help other entrepreneurs out there to? you know, simply skip
1: or avoid those uh, mistakes. Yeah, sure. So I think uh, one of the fundamental principles is, I think uh, all of us have uh, various experiences, right? So we have grown up in a certain way. uh, We uh, would have had uh, different experiences. And uh, based on these experiences, we'll come up with those uh, saying, hey, this is a problem for the customer. This is what I will go ahead and solve for the customer. Uh, But in reality, uh, you're looking at it from your lens, right? Mm -hmm. So there are multiple people out there. So each of them had their own, have their own perspective. So when you come up with this problem statement and the solution that you are building towards it, right from early days, start speaking to people. Uh, right? So uh, speaking to people, talking to them about and get feedback, continuously get uh, feedback, right? So that's going to be important. So that will make your product stronger or uh, help you pivot to something which will work. So don't be in that uh, mindset wherein the problem that has been identified by me is the problem that exists globally, right? So that's a universal problem. That may not be so. So you need to identify how big is the problem, what is the uh, market size that is there out there for the problem, right? So you, your problem might be very local within your community where uh, 10, 15 people might purchase it, but uh, then you are not building a business. So uh, one of the key learning uh, in here is that start speaking about your problem. A lot of time people think, hey, if I talk about it, someone might copy it, right? So uh, I think if uh, if companies were so easy to be built, so everyone would have been an entrepreneur today. So don't have that. Uh, mindset so be open to feedback be open to uh, pivoting in your early days uh, based on this feedback speak to as many people as uh, possible so that's uh, one of the key learning right so you'll get inputs insights and uh, feel free to reach out to people a lot of time people are uh, in their cocoon uh, and uh, think that uh, hey uh, is this person reachable so no one is unreachable today you have uh, linkedin uh, you can write to whoever, CEO, CFO, whatever it is. And a lot of times, uh, I think if you persist, people respond to you. People react to you, right? So that's a learning curve for you on how to reach out to people. So there are enough and more uh, help uh, or access that is available out there. So reach out to them. Uh, and I think if, if you are making 10 attempts, I'm sure uh, you'll one or two attempts will definitely uh, click uh, right, so uh, feel free to reach out to uh, people, uh, and the more right people that you uh, bring on board, or the more uh, uh, people, right advisors, uh, right inputs that you get, the faster you will be able to scale without with by making lesser mistakes. So that's uh, number two. Number three is, I think, uh, always uh, be. Uh, keep in touch and be helpful uh, for people, right? So a lot of times when you're building early stage companies, you meet uh, people, you meet uh, your early potential customers. So what you'll see is uh, while you are pitching certain product, the customer will have a different problem altogether, right? So just don't ignore the customer because they they don't fit your need, right? So you need to have those build those champions who can vote for you in your longer run. So one of the things that we did in our earlier we used to meet customers, right? So every day we were trying to meet as many people as possible. We had a target to say a minimum of two customers. every. We were selling enterprise B2B back then. So meet customers every day, right? So when you meet these customers, a lot of them had different needs. So then wherever possible, we used to say, hey, this is a company which does XYZ work, right? Uh, they might be potentially be helpful. We used to do research and say, hey, these can be helpful for you in certain cases. So that built a very, uh, I, I would say, a positive karma, right? So wherein uh, these people started becoming champions in the long run saying, they used to refer us. Hey, these guys do uh, 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 solve your particular problem. They used to make referrals. So build that good karma around you, right? So as you, uh, in startups, you meet a lot of people. A lot of people want to hear what you're doing, what you're building. So always build that uh, positive karma. I think it's a snowball. So you you're not seeing any immediate results, but when it gives you back, it's going to be big. So do that. So keep in touch with people. Uh, speak to as many people as possible. Uh, give back to uh, others. Uh, help and support them. So that's a community out there to support you. So be there.
0: Okay. I had another question, but uh, in a way, you have already answered the question. Is, is there anything else you want to share before we wrap up? I don't have any more questions.
1: Uh, I think uh, I think most of the points we have uh, covered, uh, uh, but if there is any specific thing, happy to answer. So if someone wants to just uh, drop in a uh, message or whatever, my LinkedIn is there so they can uh, drop in a message as well. Yeah.
0: Uh, well, uh, I must say it was a pleasure uh, to host you here at ELI. I had a lot of learnings uh, and our audience would have got great lessons from this video as well. Uh, thanks for your time, Ritesh, and our best wishes for uh, Zaluri. Uh, I'm so sorry for having a hard time pronouncing the name. Uh, listeners, uh, you can follow and connect with uh, Ritesh on LinkedIn by typing Ritesh Reddy. Uh, that is it to, for today's episode. We will be back with another exciting entrepreneur. Uh, stay tuned to ELI.